Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, a leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, crop yield estimates from yesterday's Saskatchewan crop report differs from StatsCans. And that caught the eye of Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch. Canola and wheat futures were on the downward trend this week. And I spoke with Jerry Banbury, the latest winner of the 620 CKRM Country Cookout. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. After the break, our first part of the feature with Kevin Hirsch on the crop yield estimates. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. There's a significant difference in crop yield estimates between the latest Statistics Canada report and the latest Saskatchewan Agriculture crop report. SaskAgToday.com's Chief Agricultural Editor, Kevin Hirsch, breaks it down for us. Well, there is some fairly major divergence between the two numbers. Uh, The SaskAg numbers just came out, and they're they're based on estimates uh, made by crop reporters across the province. The Statistics Canada ones came out a week, 10 days ago, based on an earlier reading of satellite modeling. So some of them are in pretty good agreement, and some of them some of them diverge quite a bit. And of course, analysts will debate as to which ones are 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 the, the right ones or the closest to reality. But hard red spring wheat, for instance, uh, Saskag came out at 42 bushels an acre as an average across Saskatchewan, whereas the StatScan number was only 35. So that's a, a fairly major divergence. But interesting to note that it goes the other way when you look at Durham wheat. Uh, in the case of Durham wheat, the SAS Ministry of Ag is estimating only 23 bushels an acre, uh, whereas StatsCan had it at 26 and a half. So that's uh, you know quite a difference. It, there's also a, a tremendous range within the regions. If you look at the SASCAG numbers, in, in southwest Saskatchewan, the average Durham yield 17 bushels an acre, whereas if you get up into northeast Saskatchewan, not a lot of Durham growing up there, but what is growing up there, 40 bushels an acre, so uh, tremendous variability. Going to, to some of the other crops, uh, Saskags had 79 bushels on oats, whereas uh, Statistics Canada said only 68, so there's a case where SAS Ministry is quite a bit higher. SAS Ministry is also quite a bit higher on barley. They're saying 53 versus uh, 44, uh, according to StatsCan for barley. Uh, flax, 
Saskag 19 bushels an acre, whereas Statistics Canada 17.1. Uh, then we look at uh, canola. That's always one that people really watch, and they're they're not too far apart on that. Uh, Sask Ministry of Ag is saying 31 bushels an acre average across the province. Statistics Canada was a bit higher than that at 32.7. And then we look at some of the the pulse crops, peas. Uh, Saskag says 30, whereas Statistics Canada said 26. On uh, lentils, uh, Saskag is also a bit higher. They're saying 1,058 pounds an acre versus 919. On some of the crops, it you know the Saskatchewan is such a big part of the the world market on a few of the crops, such as. Durham and lentils and uh, mustard and canary seed that uh, the the difference uh, between one estimate to another does make a, a difference in in exportable stocks and and actually can influence prices so analysts will look at these numbers and and be a, be debating which ones are the right ones After the break, we'll hear his thoughts as to why there is such a difference in crop yields. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch. For Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca and brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. We're back with the Chief Agricultural Editor of saskagtoday.com, Kevin Hirsch. Previously, he was breaking down the difference in crop yield estimates between Stats Canada and the latest Saskatchewan crop report. He speculates on why there's such differences in some crop yields. You know, everybody is, it's just, it's an estimate. And the satellite modeling is fairly recent, but has been fairly highly regarded. Uh, but one problem is that the, the satellite imagery they're using is, by the time they get it all through their system and release it, I don't think it's as timely. I think it's, you know, many weeks and maybe even a month old by the time it's released. And that uh, that a lot can change in the, in that span of time. Now, the, the crop reporters are all good, interesting people trying to keep track of what's happening in their local area. But if I was to have to try to give an average yield for my area, knowing the variability out there, I I'm not sure that how right I would get it either. I guess if you, when you have a you know, I think they have over 200 crop reporters, so it, it maybe averages out a little bit. Hard to say which numbers are the closest. I would, I would probably go with the Saskag numbers on most of uh, most of the, the 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 numbers there. I'm a little more comfortable with that, just based on what I've heard. But that's just a, a guess on my part. Trouble is, we never really know the answer. There'll be subsequent surveys and subsequent information, and then they'll look at export statistics and estimate carryover numbers, and sometimes go back. Stats can will and and readjust what they thought yields were in past years, even just to make the numbers come out right. But there's never any really hard and fast answer to know who is right and who is wrong in these sorts of estimates. 
Hirsch adds that crop yields can vary drastically in Saskatchewan. Southwest Saskatchewan was is the lowest yield for all of the crops, and not much oats grown in Southwest Saskatchewan. But 30 bushels per acre is what Saskag is saying the average oat yield was in Southwest Saskatchewan. Compare that to Northeast Saskatchewan at 97 and Northwest at 91 bushels an acre. Just shows the tremendous uh, variability in a year such as this. And he says crop reporting from producers can't always be relied upon. In a really bad year, sometimes people brag about how low their yields are. Uh, and, and in a good year, they, they tend to brag about their top yields. And I think it's got worse with yield monitors and combines because people will talk about, you know, how high their yield monitor hit rather than maybe their their average yield sometimes. So it, it, it is difficult. People will, will say this field did this, this field did that. Uh, they don't always uh, they don't always do the average for you to know just where where they've come out. So uh, it, it still ends up being a being a guessing game. Kevin Hirsch is the chief agricultural editor for SaskAgToday.com. After the break, today's ag review. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Brian Young. Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission will welcome one new and three incumbent directors to its board following a summer-long nomination period. First-time director Cameron Reich will join returning directors Leslie Kelly, Jocelyn Valestuck, and Glenn Tate on the Sask Wheat Board of Directors. Each director will serve a four-year term, with Kelly, Valestuck, and Tate continuing into their second consecutive terms. The terms of the four directors will begin in January, following the Sask Wheat Annual General Meeting. The four acclaimed directors will join sitting directors Brett Halstead, who serves as board chair, Jake Leguie, who serves as vice chair, Scott Hepworth, and Rob Stone. Meanwhile, three nominees have been acclaimed to the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Board of Directors following the close of nominations in early September. B.J. Hobrick of Hazenmore will join the Board of Directors in January. Terry Yauzwa of Nipawin and Winston Van Staveren of Creelman will each continue into their second three-year term on the board. Corey Lowson will be departing the board in January as he has reached his maximum term limit. Corey served 10 years on the SPG board after being appointed for a single year and then serving three consecutive three-year terms. The new director's terms will begin following SPG's annual general meeting in January. International forage and turf seed firm DLF is stretching its reach in the alfalfa market with a deal for Corteva AgriSciences assets in that business. The Danish firm announced Wednesday it had acquired Corteva's Global Alfalfa Germplasm and Breeding Program for an undisclosed sum, including its current commercial alfalfa varieties and their trademarks such as High Jest, High Ton, High Salt, and MS Sundra. The deal, which took effect September 1st, also includes the Alpharex Seeds brand name, 
which was set up in 2013 as the name of Dow AgroSciences Alfalfa Business, before that company's 2017 merger with DuPont's ag businesses into what's now Corteva. DuPont had sold off its own previous alfalfa seed business in 2014. DLF says it will integrate the Corteva business into its own global research and development program and will also hire select Corteva personnel supporting the alfalfa program, including research and development staff in the U.S. Midwest and Pacific Northwest. The United Nations is actively engaged in trying to improve Russia's grain and fertilizer exports in a bid to convince Moscow to again allow the safe Black Sea export of Ukraine grain. Last week, the UN sent Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov a set of concrete proposals aimed at reviving the Black Sea grain deal, which Russia quit in July, a year after it was brokered by the United Nations and Turkey. Moscow had complained that its agricultural exports faced obstacles and not enough Ukrainian grain was going to countries in need under the Black Sea deal. Ukraine and Russia are both leading grain exporters. The Black Sea grain deal aimed to combat a global food crisis worsened by Russia's February 2022 invasion of Ukraine. Russia's grain and fertilizer exports are not subject to Western sanctions, but Moscow said restrictions on payments, logistics and insurance have been a barrier to shipments. And a former pizzeria owner in the U.S. has been sentenced to two years in prison for using more than $660,000 in pandemic relief funds to buy an alpaca farm. Prosecutors in Boston say 59-year-old Dana McIntyre submitted a fraudulent application for a Paycheck Protection Program loan they say he inflated information about his employees and payroll expenses and falsified a tax form to try to qualify the business for a larger loan amount. After the loan came in, McIntyre sold his pizzeria and used nearly all of the money to buy a farm in Vermont, eight alpacas, and weekly airtime on a cryptocurrency-themed radio show that he hosted. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, the forecast is pretty straightforward. Partly cloudy and a high of 22. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 8. Tomorrow, partly cloudy again, high of 22, the low 4. Sunday, sunshine, high of 22, the low 6. Monday, sunny, high of 21, the low 7. Tuesday, sunny, high of 21, 8 degrees is the low. Wednesday, sunny, high of 23, again, the low 8 degrees. And sunshine on Thursday, high of 23. Normal highs for this period are around 19, normal lows 5, sun rose at 623 this morning, sun will set at 728 tonight. Taking a look around the province in Estevan, Swift Current 21, Saskatoon and Yorkton 19, Weyburn is at 20 degrees. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in yellow grass at 21.6, cool spot in East End at 11.6. 
In Regina, mostly cloudy, south wind at 14, humidity at 44%, temperature 20 degrees or 68 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 102.3 and falling. Down the road in Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy, east wind at 11, temperature 20 degrees. Again in Regina, mostly cloudy, south wind at 14 kilometers an hour, temperature 20 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. Canola futures are tumbling and wheat futures followed suit. Commodity Future Advisor with PI Financial Austin Jameson says the ICE Futures canola contract for November is trading around $776 a metric ton, dropping $40 over the last few days. We're into an area where we typically see a little harvest pressure. The trade digested the Stats Canada report, uh, cutting some production estimates there. And um, now now we're turning to focus on some upcoming USDA reports next week and just some overall slowing in the Chinese economy that has some worried about some demand factors. He says the December contract for Minneapolis wheat started the week low and has found some support around the $7.60 range, but is still trading below average. And on the wheat side of things, the, the past few weeks, we've definitely seen some harvest pressure as well, similar to canola. And there's still a lot of wheat getting exported out of the Black Sea. But uh, I I do believe the trade is focused on there not being a complete settlement over in the Black Sea. So there is a possibility of some further headlines that could propel this market higher. There is one report Jameson is focused on next week. So next week we have a major USDA report out on Tuesday that the trade is going to be fairly focused on heading into that. So we're looking at a few different aspects and production numbers out of the states for uh, soybean, corn, and wheat. And at the same time, we have always have a few big crude oil reports, which that market should support overall commodities in general if it if it continues to climb and we see inventories continue to draw down. Austin Jameson is a commodity future advisor with PI Financial. You would think that in Canada, with everything we have to offer with so much wealth, that our kids would be doing okay, but they're not. A new report out this month from Children First Canada shows there are many threats to childhood in this country, and one of the most pronounced is food insecurity. The latest report, based on research by the University of Calgary and McGill, shows a 29% increase in concerns over food insecurity. Sarah Austin is the founder and CEO of Children First Canada and says food insecurity is a complex problem with no easy solutions. But you know, when we think about how Canada compares from, to some other countries, we are the only G7 country, for instance, that doesn't have a national school food program 
you know, countries like the U.S., in the U.K., uh, France, Germany, uh, they all have um, federal investments that ensure that children receive healthy, nutritious meals every day. Uh, we know that in Canada that we have had high rates of child poverty for many years. We had been making progress in reducing child poverty rates for many years, uh, particularly even during the pandemic when there were um, significant investments being made in small businesses and families um, and, you know, providing income supports. But as many of those measures have been lifted, we've seen child poverty rates shoot back up again, and particularly around food insecurity. Uh, you know, we know, for instance, that the cost of living has exploded over the past um, few years, uh, making it really difficult for families to keep a roof over their head and provide adequate food. Um, and, you know, we have 5 million kids in our country who go to school every day and, you know, significant numbers of them go to school without breakfast, without uh, a healthy lunch. Uh, that leaves them really struggling at school um, to be able to, uh, to learn, to prosper. And it's an area where we obviously need urgent attention, investments, and it's where we need the government, private sector, civil society, all of us working together to find solutions. That's Sarah Austin with Children First Canada. She noted that in the federal budget of 2022, the government promised to create a policy on developing a national school food program. But in the most recent budget, there was no funding allocated for such a policy. You're listening to SaskAg Today on 620 CKRM. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Persistence paid off for Diane and Jerry Banbury from the Wolseley area after five long years of entering into the 620 CKRM Country Cookout. They finally won the harvest edition of the contest. I spoke with Jerry after the festivities about how his harvest was going, among other things. He says his yield for wheat has been really good this year. Uh, it's been slow, but uh, it's 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 going along. We're probably about a third done now, so it's been a little slower than we'd like, but it's been going all right. Well, that's good. Uh, what what's uh, what are you harvesting for this year? Uh, we're doing wheat right now, and then we want to move into some canola. Uh, peas are off already. Uh, I've got oats and flax left after that. So. All right. And how many acres is that roughly? Uh, about 2,800 acres in total. So. All right. And you mentioned that it was kind of slow going. Is that <clears throat> is that because of the weather around here lately? Well, uh, we had one combine operator we lost. He had some heart problems, so we've struggling to get manpower. And uh, yeah, the weather hasn't cooperated that much either. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a, one of the issues, I guess, within the ag industry is labor shortages. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, farmers are resilient. We adapt. We move on. We get creative. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've got it figured out. We'll, once we get rolling, we'll, we'll keep at it. So. Exactly. And what are the yields like uh, so far? Uh, cereals, the wheat is higher than I expected totally. You know, we're, everything's between that 50 and 60 bushel acre. So uh, canola, I'm not sure yet what it's going to do. I'm thinking it's going to be a little, quite a bit lower than maybe round average or a little less than average, but uh, we'll have, wait and see when we get into it. 
All right, and I uh, just want to talk a little bit about the farm because uh, when we came here, I understood that uh, it's a kind of a bit of a time capsule, I would say. You got the house here that we're standing in front of, you know, is built in the late 19th century. You got a you got a barn here that's from the mid-50s and then a shed from a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. from what I understand. So uh, just talk a little bit about the history of the farm. Well, my dad came here uh, on a thrashing crew around 1946 or 47 and uh, ended up working for a dairyman here. Uh, my mom was a local girl and he met her and married and then he bought, he worked for the fellow that owned this place and he bought it from him. So about 1951, somewhere in there. All right. And uh, what would you say is kind of your, your favorite part about uh, being on the farm and working on the farm? Obviously you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, it's just uh, part of your life, you know, it, uh, nothing changes. It seems like, you know, it, uh, you got a passion for it. You just keep it. Awesome. Well, I just want to say again, congratulations on winning the country cookout and enjoy all the prizes that uh, you got here. Good. Perfect. We really enjoyed it. Glad you came. Jerry and Diane Banbury from the Wolseley area are the fourth winners of the 620 CKRM country cookout harvest edition. After the break, the market update. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Canola is down $8.60 at $731.72. Number one red spring wheat is down $2.48 to $337.70 a metric ton. The rest remain the same. Durham at $514.74. Feed barley $282.58. Chickpeas 1036.17, flax 561.54, lentils 859.50, oats 301.32, yellow peas 382.89, and feed wheat 223.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is down three and three quarter cents at seven dollars and seventy one cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon, this is Travis Platt with Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. This past Thursday, we had 200 head on offer with the cows down just a touch. Them good cows are selling for $1.35 to $1.45, with sales up to $1.5450. Them medium cows are $1.15 to $1.35. The good bulls are $1.50 to $1.60, with sales up to $1.74. Next Thursday, September 14th, we will be having another regular cow and bull sale. Just a reminder, on September 19th, we will have another calf and yearling pre-sort, as well as the September 26th calf pre-sort, which is almost full. With the market this hot for them calves, why hold on to them? If you got any other questions or concerns, don't be afraid to give us a call at 692-2385. This is Travis Platt reporting from Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Good day and good selling. Now here are the latest pork prices for the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. It's gone up a little bit after multiple days of being on the decline. Current prices are at $212.74 per CKG. The Resource Report is coming up next. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM.
This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Enbridge has closed a $4.6 billion offering of shares the company announced as part of its deal to buy three American gas utilities. The company says it issued more than 100 million shares under the plan at $44.70 U.S. per share. The Calgary-based company signed a deal to buy the companies from Virginia-based Dominion Energy earlier this week. It agreed to pay $9.4 billion in cash and assume $4.6 billion in debt. Canada's labour market added 40,000 jobs last month as the unemployment rate held steady, breaking a three-month streak of rising joblessness. Statistics Canada reports that unemployment held at 5.5% in August, but the federal agency says the country's strong population growth means higher monthly job gains will be needed to keep the employment rate steady. The monthly labour force survey suggests Canada has been growing by about 81,000 people per month this year. StatsCan says that means about 50,000 new jobs are needed each month to keep unemployment from growing. On the markets, the TSX is down 11 points at 20,120. The Dow is up 71 points to 34,572. Oil is up 52 cents at $87.39 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 73.30 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand SaskGag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Friday's edition of SaskGag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day and a nice weekend. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.